Seven keys to money and legacy mindset for women to reach their economic potential. Welcome, everyone. I'm Andrea Carter. I'm the CEO and the founder of Wealthy Woman Warrior, a collaborative online training center helping one million women reach their economic potential by 2025. I'm thrilled to have you here, and I so appreciate your time today. By the end of this training, you'll have the seven keys you need to commit so that you can get into the money and legacy mindset and really learn how to transition from a place of stuckness, overwhelm, frustration, feeling as if you're just going through the motions of life, but no longer feeling fulfillment. This is the content that will help move you forward. So I'm going to let you in on a secret today that you're really going to be excited about. I'm going to reveal that at the end of the training. And you're going to want to um, hop into it and, and really start contributing because we've got some awesome opportunities, some awesome gifts. And um, I believe you're going to want to stay until the end so you can learn more. Now, uh, one last thing that I do want to mention is that you have questions, comments, or reactions to this content. I'd love for you to write it into the comments below so that I can see it and connect with you. Um, and I believe that the more you engage, the more you get out of tra training. So, you know, I would highly recommend that um, you do so and, and engage with us. So let's dive into the content. Let's dive into the seven ways women can connect. Um, sorry, women can commit to their money and their legacy so that they reach their economic potential. Now, what I will say is it is my belief that there is an unequivocal difference between men and women when it comes to money and legacy and mindset. Um, if you disagree, consider this statement for a moment. The only men who will say that money doesn't matter are those men who are struggling with money. Over the past year, I've interviewed close to 350 women from Canada and the US. And of those 350 women, when I asked the questions around money and legacy, 82% of women interviewed said in some respect that money doesn't really matter. And we need to change that. The reason is that it really did get me thinking are women subconsciously mistaking love with money? And the reason I suggested and questioned this is because money from a subconscious perspective represents self-worth and value. And love, on the, on the other hand, really does beget um, acceptance. And if we're comparing these, saying that one is more important than the other, that's really where men differ. Men don't see it as, you know, one or the other. Men actually see it as two separate things. And in my opinion, if women are comparing these two necessities in life, it's like trying to decide which is more important, your physiological sense of smell or your physiological um, sense of sight. We, we need both of them, right? Or more importance, which is more important, your hands or your feet? You know, money and love aren't meant to be compared. There simply isn't a way to choose one to be the clear winner over the other one. They're both equally important. And yet, 
most women, um, based on my study, have placed love above money. And I also find it interesting to observe, you know, women, when we say money or we say wealth out loud, Women have been taught that it's taboo to talk about wealth and money. It's it's taboo to talk about our legacy. It's okay to talk about our kids, but it's not so okay to talk about money. And you can tell when a woman is uncomfortable with their money and their wealth status because when money comes up, there's this nervous response that occurs. And although I'm generalizing here, for many women, um, you know, it's this nervous outward cringe that happens and they divert their eyes downwards, their body language screams out that there is shame that's hanging underneath that downward gaze. And, you know, I would um, become aware of that, you know, just notice that with women, notice that with your girlfriends, notice that with the people that you're speaking with at a dinner party. Um, You know, make a commitment to your money and your legacy Because in doing so, you'll change your life and you'll support yourself and your growth all at the same time. And it simply starts with making yourself a priority. I know that might sound oversimplistic, but when you learn how to increase your self-worth within your mind, it will also have a direct correlation to your net worth and your money. So legacy is the second comparison that I noted between the genders. Um, At a deep psychological level, wealth and legacy are intertwined. And men seem to want to leave their mark on life, leaving behind legacy of, you know, substance. They want to pass everything on to their descendants. Um, Legacy matters to men at a deep, innate, biological level excuse me women on the other hand they don't consciously speak about leaving their mark or their legacy behind Um, alternatively they'll say something like I want to help others I want to make a difference in someone's life and while those are good it really speaks to why you know love becomes more important than money and while I'm generalizing the money mindset comparisons What is extremely evident to me is that there are seven key commitments that both successful men and women commit to that results in wealth and legacy. And um, I would highly ask you while you're listening to this, um, you know, recording, I ask you to consider for a moment, if love and money were equal, what would you commit to doing differently in your life today to move you forward. And if you wanna leave a comment for me on that, I would love to read it and I will comment back as well. So go ahead and, and leave a comment. And in that moment, let's dive into what those seven keys are, the seven key commitments women can make to money and legacy so that they reach their economic potential. Let's start with number one. Number one is commit to holding nothing back and give 100% of what you've got. Now, successful people 
doesn't matter whether male, female, they commit to their vision by holding nothing back. And a lot of women are saying, you know, I'm tired, Andrea. I'm overwhelmed. I don't have 100% of me to give. I'm spread so thin. And here's the thing. This is how I respond to that. Every day, that 100% will differ. But if you look at every single day that this 100% that you have to give today, what I can guarantee you is that if you make that mindset shift and you're going to commit to engaging your mindset, finding opportunities, giving 100% of what you've got to give in that day so that money and love are equal, giving that commitment daily of what you have to reaching your economic potential, your life will change dramatically. Fundamentally, there will always be obstacles in anything. Okay, You're always going to have a challenge. You're always going to have an obstacle. Nobody on this planet gets to just breeze through. Regardless of what you might think, nobody on this planet breezes through. The difference is that successful people accept that that's going to happen and they hold nothing back to get to the other side of it. That doesn't mean being ruthless or unethical. It means looking at opportunity and committing 100% of your efforts to making it happen for yourself. Now, the second step is to ask. Ask. Successful people are not afraid to ask. Um, A notable difference between successful people and those who struggle is that those who struggle consistently pretend that they have all the answers. And successful people ask a lot of questions. You know, sometimes they already have the answers. However, they're like looking to validate um, or find better ideas, find different ways of like approaching what what it is that they want. And when you ask for help, um, you know, you'll realize that you can't get to where you want to go by doing it all by yourself. And when you start to realize this, this is where you start to be able to ask the right questions. So little things like if you're in corporate, um, women need to learn how to ask for the raise. You know, ask what you need to do to get that raise. Ask who you need to network with to get the raise. Sometimes it's who you know. Ask for the job. You know, who do I need to know to get the job? Who do I need to talk to to get the job? What do I need to know to get the job? Ask for the sale. Ask for referrals, ask for strategic collaborations, ask to work with others, ask for a mentor, ask for a sponsor, ask, ask, ask. Don't be afraid ever to ask. The third key is be willing to do what it takes for however long it takes. Um, I know that sounds silly, but this is what is the difference, right? So Somebody who's going to make something successful, they are going to do, do, do. They're going to do what they need to do for however long it takes. And what I mean by this is that if you commit to your wealth and your legacy daily, even that's, you know, just by adopting the mindset that you can make it happen, right? You have complete control over what you think about and how you navigate your mindset so that you can keep going. And a tool that I like to adopt for this is the concept of the 555 strategy. And what I ask myself is often this. If I do this in five days, five months, or five years, how is this going to affect me? 
And then I reverse the question. If I don't do this in five days, five months, or five years, how is this going to affect me? Successful people think in long and short term. Okay, we can't be short sighted about our visions or our plans because if you do that, so if you're only looking at five days from now or five months from now, your answer is going to be very different um, than including that five years. Okay, you have to remember, you know, we're on a marathon, we're not on a sprint. Uh, I used to hear there was a coach that used to always say, sprint to the finish. And while that's a good mindset to adopt, if you're trying to you know, do something in 90 days or at the end of your year, you're trying to increase sales. Over the course of your years, set mini goals, small victories and celebrate them. Ensure that over the, you know, the 12 months you're taking care of yourself. You need to have the ability to develop spiritually, mindset, physical and emotionally, both personally and professionally. And if you're not developing yourself, that's where some of these basic strategies, um, we can do these together. This is where, you know, having the ability to change this mindset first and then the actions that you're taking, we can do this together. The fourth key is failure is not an option. Um, when you think about that, if failure isn't an option, what changes? What are you going to do differently? How are you going to show up? If you can't fail. There's no way to fail. What are you going to do? And I want to look at Elon Musk here because I recently read a short uh, article, a uh, biographical article on him, and I hadn't realized how much he's been through. He's quite literally, in my eyes, mastered the art of failure. And I think a lot of men do this. And so I wonder, you know, where are women falling short? Where could we do better at this? Let me just share some of his life story because he truly has endured obstacle after obstacle. Um, he was bullied as a child. So at one point he was thrown down a staircase, beaten afterwards, passed out and had to be hospitalized. Um, once he was through school and um, had begun his first company, which I believe was Zip2, uh, he was he had started that with his brother. He was removed from the CEO position of the company by the board because the board said he didn't have the right operational responsibilities in place. Then when he went into PayPal, he was actually ousted from PayPal after an argument with the CTO over which operating system to use. Okay, all of these silly little things. He nearly died from uh, cerebral malaria and his son actually died in May of 2002. And for those of us who are parents, we understand that 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 life event could completely change the trajectory of how we show up. But he persevered and has continued to persevere. In fact, Tesla nearly went bankrupt before it went public. And at one point, he was living on personal loans from friends. So his outlook on failure is that, you know, if you're not failing, you're not innovating enough. And this is a completely different way of looking at money and legacy um, than, than women do. You know, we, we have a tremendous paralyzing effect when it comes to fear. And now granted, 
it's a male mindset. I get that. I, I fully appreciate the male brain and the female brain are wired differently physiologically, biologically, psychologically, we are wired differently. But neuroplasticity also states that how we think about things can change how our biology responds, how our hormone responds, and how successful we are. And what most people don't realize is that if you are not training your mind to think um, prolifically, to think in a way that's going to get you through the hurdles, that's going to get you through the challenges. And this is what I've been working on for the past near 20 years of my life. You know, my mindset program is steeped in this information and all of these tools. So this is where when I look at women and a, a lot of our um, issues, women need to stop the way that they're mentally beating themselves up. Women need to learn how to think so that they get the results that they want. And the reason most women stop before they succeed isn't because they can't do it. It's because they're fearful of failure. And when the potential of failure is looking them straight in the face, it's easier to let that fear take over and paralyze your success. And that's one thing that I believe as women, we can do better. We can do better together. And if you're here in this moment now, I highly recommend that you sit down and you look at how you can pivot slightly, just slightly, so that you can start planning again for success. Things don't work well the first time. There's this weird belief that like when you start something new, whether that's new training, a new role, a new company, you know, your new marketing plan, that you're going to get it 100% right, right out of the gate. And that just doesn't happen. So we simply, as women, need to take different action in the way that we're planning for success. Because there's always going to be a situation that's ugly or disastrous or it feels like it's beyond challenging. And no matter what, what I can promise you is that you'll always recover from it. So plan for success. Plan for no matter what, that you are going to discover the ways to get through or over or under the obstacles because you can. The fifth key is that there are no excuses. Excuses are literally the kiss of death. We all do it. We all make them. What I'm asking women to do now, though, is to recalibrate their mindset on money and legacy so that if you make a mistake, you own your mistake and you move forward. Simply. Those who are truly successful, when something happens, they don't give an excuse. They eliminate the excuse and they are able to stay in momentum. It's always all about staying in momentum, literally. And where most women get stuck is that they see that the steps that they're making might be too little um, over too long of a period of time. So the behavior is that you'll make an excuse for like whatever the situation is. And then with that excuse, you stop the progress because you feel like you're not doing um, good enough or fast enough or you're not um, going far enough. And, you know, when we look at um, the work around us, if you can adopt the saying Kaizen, say it with me, Kaizen, it loosely means continuous improvement. So you're not being asked to be perfect here. 
Instead, you're being asked just to own your actions and to keep continually striving for improvement, to do better with your money, with your legacy, with your mindset. Okay. The sixth is accept responsibility. Taking full responsibility when things go wrong, man, it's hard. It is hard. And what happens is that when you do it, it is super empowering because you can own it and you go, you know what? Yeah, this happened. And then from there, you can choose the direction that you move forward in. If you don't take responsibility, the direction that you move from isn't always your choice. So, the other thing that happens is that when we don't take responsibility, we allow our situation and our status to be like a victim. And the word victim, I know that's a powerful word. It's highly provocative. But victims, because they're blaming what's around them, are not able to then take their path and own the path that they want to go on. It's everybody else that is guiding them forward. And highly successful people, they own their mistakes, they accept responsibility, and they take action to still claim what they want. So that means sometimes accepting responsibility doesn't mean, you know, um, owning everybody else's mistakes. Sometimes it can be apologizing for behavior or actions. Sometimes it's asking for help. Sometimes it's asking to brainstorm. Sometimes it's just being vulnerable enough to share where you're coming from and saying, oh, this is happening right now. I'm struggling. That's accepting responsibility. And if you can do this with your money and your legacy, you have the ability to own your status, what it is now, recalibrate it and get to where you want to go. Okay. You can't do this if you're not accepting responsibility. Now, the last one is an area that I can go on to a soapbox for, so I'm going to try not to here. But um, the seventh key is really that there is no complaining and there's no shaming. When it comes to making a commitment to your success, to your results, to your money, to your legacy, your results are greatly affected by complaining and by shaming. Now, what I mean by that, complaining is wasted energy. If you're complaining about things and you're not doing anything to fix it, that leads to a spiral of negative thinking rather than allowing you the power to focus on the end goal and get moving. Um, what I find happens is that if you're complaining for too long, then all of your reserves, your emotional reserves, your mental, your physical, your spiritual reserves, they get drained. And that's where... If all you're doing is complaining, then you don't have the energy to stay in momentum. So the turnaround is to make an awareness when you are complaining. Look at it and go, okay, I'm complaining about this. And then turn it around by focusing on the goal and the desired result. Okay, if you're complaining about somebody else, go to them and ask to resolve it. Don't spend a month or two months complaining about someone or what they've done or how they've done it um, if you're not going to take action and ask them about something. The other thing that we really need as you know a gender we need to clean this up. Shaming. Shaming is either shaming yourself or shaming others and shaming is a deflection tool. Shaming is essentially injuring 
somebody else's pride or self-esteem, injuring your own pride or self-esteem. And if there's one thing that I want to stop with my body of work, it's to stop the shaming that's being flung from woman to woman through gossip and degradation. Women can't rise to relevancy until the support and the help for each other are there, period, end of story. And if you want to truly succeed, help another woman, forgive another woman, let go of the toxic shame that you're flinging at other women, because in the end, it's only hurting yourself. If you've watched other women outwardly shame other women or proclaim that they're supporting another woman and then go behind that other woman, woman's back and complain or shame what she's trying to do by saying things like, she'll never make that work, she's not smart enough, she's gonna fail, she's not the right person, she doesn't have what it takes, um, Oh, did you hear what so-and-so did? If you hear another person doing things like that and you don't interrupt that person and say that's not okay, you're also contributing to the problem. Now, I know these are big things. So what I'm asking you here for that seventh commitment is to stop shaming, blaming, and complaining. We need to stand together as a collaborative entity, which means you don't always have to like everybody. Um, you don't always have to agree with everybody. But if you're shaming, blaming, or complaining, you are part of the problem. And let's, together, we can change that. You know, the woman's rise to relevance, the woman's ability to reach her economic potential, her ability to, you know, earn money and leave behind a legacy. Those are as equally important as love. And we have to support each other and help other women achieve it. And that means letting go of ego. And as we head into International Women's Day, which is tomorrow, March 8th, I'd love for you to consider this and think about how you too can shift your mindset using these seven keys to commit to your money and legacy, but also how you can make yourself an ambassador for doing it as a collaborative movement. Together, we can. Now I'm going to insert a URL so that you can actually print out these seven steps, post them somewhere where you can see them, live by them, enjoy them. And what I would also love to share with you is that super fun announcement about beginning our super fun program or super, super fun, super fan program, um, which means the more you share, comment and engage, um, we're going to be tracking that. And each week we're going to be gifting someone with a whiteboard video, um, either a $20 gift certificate, uh, gourmet coffee. Each week we'll have a bit of a different uh, gift. And then we're going to do a bigger gift for a monthly win. So make sure you share and comment so that you too can win. We can't wait to thrive together. So today, share this video, go to the blog post so that you can have access to the seven steps or the seven keys. Get started today. And I can't wait to announce that you're a super fan. See you in our next video. Bye for now. 
the sunshine.